All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Sam Knockup Bids Live, where we do bid training on Sam. We walk through real live solicitations and we answer a whole bunch of questions along the way. So I will give you a sneak peek. I do have four bids pulled up today straight from Sam that we will be um, taking a peek at. So I do have a sanitation services to look at, we have a, um, I thought it was interesting, storefront advertising. And I just pulled this because it's not something that is typical. Try to mix it up. Uh, next, we have lawn and, and grounds maintenance at Fort Leonard Wood. And lastly, I did pull the digital asset management services. Again, we try to be as diverse as possible with the bids that we look at. And then I try to mix that up from live training to live training as well. So if you guys are here, uh, welcome. Feel free to say hi in the chat. Uh, we kind of answer questions. If you're new here, in between bid opportunities, that gives time for more questions to come in and allows us to kind of hit a, a pretty good flow for those that are um, you know, watching on replay and, and things like that as well. So we'll go ahead and dive into our first example here. Um, live bid, sanitation services for Carrizo Plains, New Mexico. So this is for Bureau of Land Management which is from the Department of the Interior. Uh, this is due August 29th. So one solid week to respond to this small business set aside. And they're putting janitorial services on this, which, you know, when they say sanitation, we never know exactly what they mean. Um, we still don't know exactly what they mean, but the next code gives us a bit of indication in a way they may be leaning into this. We do have three attachments. We have the solicitation, we have the PWS, and then we have, looks like a wage termination for San Luis and uh, Obispo counties. We have uh, Carrianne Lerum in contracting. And that's about it. So we'll go ahead and start with our solicitation doc and we'll start making our way through. Seeing what we can, uh, what kind of trouble we can get into with this. So we are hit with our standard form 18, which is similar to a SF-1449 form. As you guys get familiar with the government forms, you'll see typically they will often accomplish the same thing, but different agencies will use government forms. And the rule of forms is what? We always say about forms is you don't go hunting for forms. Instead, you fill out what the government gives you. So if you don't have a SF-1449 form or standard form 18, you don't go looking for it. Okay, that's kind of our golden rule for forms. We fill them out as they're provided to us in the solicitation, but we don't go hunting. So let me, let's see here. We had to see a, a period of performance, October 1st, going through next year. And we do see what's going to appear to be some option years as well. Option year one, two, three, and four. So a base plus four. I am curious though, I wanna bounce back up really quickly. Um, vault restroom sanitation services, and that is part of our, our base here. But then in addition, we have portable restrooms. So porter potties, we're, we're gonna dive into the PWS to see if we can find out exactly what they mean. And then also portable hand wash station which, you know, makes sense. So again, just looking at the pricing cleanse here, and sorry, I'm going up and down, up and down. It's just kind of in the middle of a page here. 
and they do want your your price to include any shipping or travel costs they're stating as well but really our three cleans are the restroom sanitation services and then it looks like providing the restrooms and then providing the hand washing station okay so not only are you cleaning the restroom but you're actually bringing the restroom uh, that you would be cleaning as well as the hand wash stations the pricing for this and then this is a lot of good info which is why i'm just stopping here for a minute they're giving us 12 each for the quantity for the, the restroom sanitation services so it's going to be like a monthly thing but then for the restrooms themselves that's 100 each right so then we're thinking probably like 100 porter potties or something to the equivalent of that and then 50 hand washing stations so that they have a ratio of kind of like a, a two to one for the hand wash stations and then they're just going to repeat that for option year one two three and four so we already have a massively strong i think understanding of this because it is so straightforward and it's just another great example of uh which you can learn just from looking at the pricing cleans. So they're talking about this Baker's field office. They're the ones that have this requirement. This is an RFQ. I do see popping out down here, lowest price technically acceptable, and they are going to be using simplified acquisition procedures. So lowest price and under 250K. That's what this is telling us. Telling you, you must be registered in SAM. Questions are due 829. Oh, I'm sorry, that's quotations. Yeah, quotations are due. They're not giving us something for questions yet. Now we have our clauses. And regulations. What do we have here? And good morning slash good afternoon. Uh, if you just joined us as well, we're just on our first of four bit examples live on Sam guys. And this first one we're looking at is uh, sanitation slash janitorial slash providing restrooms and hand washing stations. So I'm just going down to the bottom here to see if they were going to give us some sort of instruction to offers or evaluation factors, something more concrete in terms of what the government is asking for our response to this. We've got our reps and certs and our clauses, but aside from that, okay, looks like I scrolled over it. They put it in the middle here. So this is good. So we do see evaluation. Government will award a contract based on lowest price and then they're saying factor one factor two so these are their two factors we would need to call them factors as well in our write-up response so factor one the quote must provide a cape statement okay demonstrating the capability of you to meet all the requirements outlined in the pws it's pretty much what they always say quote must demonstrate your ability to work self-sufficiently in a very harsh and hot weather where is this we're gonna to have to look again exactly where is this quote must demonstrate your ability to oh yeah i already read that with soft ground and muddy conditions and you know if we're, we're thinking porter potties 
you know, that's what makes this requirement unique, I would say. Desert, wildlands, scary, uh, and remote backcountry. <laughs> so A, B, and C for factor one. A is current contractor owned equipment that has the capability to, to accomplish the tasks and travel on unmaintained dirt surfaces. So no roads that may require a four wheel drive vehicle. So you, specifically, they wanna know how are you gonna do this? Uh, B, accessories such as self-contained powered equipment, you know, generators, things of, like of this nature to accomplish the tasks in the remote areas that do not have either provided electricity or water. So you need to talk about this self-contained power equipment. And then C, contractor can provide safety measures such as a safety plan and policies and equipment to maintain safety working in this harsh environment. So really, really unique, not something I expected with this one, but I think great for you all to see just, you know, what you could be running into. So for factor one, you're going to be answering these three uh, questions, more specifically responding to these three areas. Factor two, they're saying past performance and experience. So A, previous experience relevant to this requirement, similar in size and complexity. Urban buildings and home cleaning services are not considered relevant. So they want something a little more on the wild side, if you will. And then B, knowledge and or experience of uh, BLM, Bureau of Land Management regulations. So if you haven't done something for uh, Bureau of Land Management, you can look up and even review those regulations that are in the actual solicitation document them itself. And then you can kind of, it's not a copy and paste job, but you can repeat and acknowledge and kind of, you know, uh, interpret a little bit so that they know what you need to abide by and what's unique about the Bureau of Land Management. So that's kind of how you would do a factor to be here. Now on this guys, they're talking about past performance and they're also talking about in the technical approach here, where did they say it? Current contractor owned equipment. So since we know this is, um, this is simplified acquisition. So under 250 and this is small business set aside as well. We are able to work 100% with a subcontractor on this. So they're saying current contractor owned equipment. What would you point out in, in an example like this is your teaming agreement, who you're working with, and that they have this equipment on hand. It's not something that they're going to have to go and get, even as far as the self-contained power equipment. Uh, and so that's how you would kind of satisfy this requirement and let the government know that you're going to be using their words, self-sufficient, that this is going to be a turnkey job for you. They just got to, you know, say when, and then you're going to show up and you're going to be able to handle the, you know, the lack of roads and the unmaintained um, areas and land. What are they saying? And the, the desert wildlands and the soft ground and the muddy conditions. They just want to turnkey this. They want the warm and fuzzy. So this is how you would write a winning proposal responding to this. And this is the approach you would more than likely use unless you happen to be a company who does this yourselves. You have all this equipment and this experience on hand. 
then if that's the case, more power to you. And you're probably going to win this because then you would by far be the lowest price on this bid. Um, what else do we have? Since this is pretty straightforward, we'll just glance at the PWS so that we can um, just see if there's anything else that we missed here. General scope of work, for example, they're giving you more details about what is janitorial actual would mean. We made the assumption of porta potties, but it does see uh, they are using that same exact terminology down here. So our assumption seems to be fair. You also have to do the removal of the waste, all this good stuff. Um, One thousand gallon capacity from. Yeah, septic vaulted toilet basically to be emptied one to 12 times annually, which is kind of like up to once a month, depending. So they are saying all locations are actually accessible via paved and dirt roads. So we actually do have roads. It wasn't clear up, up front, but we do. And they're giving you the locations like the Goodwin Education Center, the Painted Rock parking lot. Okay, so they're giving you that info. They're restating this is a base plus four. Very specific tasks. They're giving us tasks one, two, and three, which would be provide services for the waste removal. And then task two is the porter potties must arrive clean and supplied. So basically, they're they are repeating their pricing cleanse here in more detail because uh, the pricing cleanse we had three kind of breakdowns, and then it just so happens that in our tasks we have three breakdowns here as well. Task one, two, three. But if we bounce back to the first thing we looked at when we opened this, our pricing cleanse, we also have three things here: vault restroom, the portable restroom. Um, the vault restroom sanitation rather than the portable restrooms and then the hand wash station. Well, you can see that that's pretty much the same narrative that they followed, which is good, which, which I like. Um, they're being very consistent and it makes me as a bidder, as a small business who would be looking at this, feel a lot more comfortable. You know, our job guys is to eliminate unknowns. Our, our job is basically, Hey, we're, we're trying to build a puzzle and we've got a box full of pieces and we want to start putting in those corner pieces and building out those edges and maybe get a good, you know, chunk or two going in the middle so that this makes sense to us. That's what we're, we're reading for when we read through a solicitation, you don't read page by page, line by line, word by word, you look for specific things. Otherwise you're going to waste a lot of time reading through solicitations. You decide to not even go after, which is not good for your business. You want to be quick you want to be skilled at doing these bid no bids and so one of the things we practice here on the live training is uh, finding specific things and just kind of getting to it which is why i don't read everything because you don't need to read everything when you're doing a bid no bid but i am big on reading and the way that reading works is you read over and over and over again and you read different parts at different times as you need them that's how proposal writers work that's how you know Red teams work. That's how everybody works. All right. So we are nearing the end. You're giving us a map here. And that's about it for our PWS. So pretty straightforward, I would say. Um, I like it. I think it's a, a great something for uh, somebody to go after. 
to be honest. I think it would be really solid. And basically for this, you could start calling up subs on this. That would not be a problem for you to work with subs as long as your sub is a small business and they're considered a similarly situated entity as you. All right, so um, what's going on in the chat here, guys? Uh, hey, Tech Shop, looks like you've got a few things here. Can you explain combined synopsis solicitation part? Seemed like you skipped right over it. Not sure what you mean by that. Um, explain the combined synopsis solicitation. That's what it's called. That's the name of it. So it's not that I skip over it, but it's it's what it is. It's, it's a solicitation. It's a bid. There's really not too much more to go into that. But let me know if you have a more specific question about that. In federal contacts, you shouldn't use the word assumption. It's my understanding that you have a right to be reasonable interpretation. Um, okay. Uh, if you assume, they can just say you assumed wrong. They can't say that to a reasonable interpretation. Right. So tech shop, um, if you, I don't know if you're trying to be a troll or if you, if you can get your own YouTube channel, I'm not sure what you're trying to do here, to be honest. Um, I'm very confident in the things that I say. I'm not sure how many uh, small businesses you've worked with in the space or if you're a contracting officer or whatnot. Um, you have to make assumptions, okay? For example, when you do pricing, there is a paragraph that you put after your pricing tables called assumptions and clarifications. Okay, this is the way that you protect yourself as a contractor when you don't know things. So I totally just heartily disagree with what you're saying on that, unfortunately. You don't want to put hey, we're just making assumptions on this, right? And let it be that way. You, you tell the government, you know, and usually you ask questions first, right? To get your questions answered, that RFI period. But to think that there are no assumptions ever made and that you shouldn't use that terminology is wrong because you tell me an example of a bid where you're going to 100% know everything. You don't, you know, even if you know 90%, you have to make assumptions for the last 10%. So all right, I don't see any other questions though. And guys here, you know, I'm here providing a service to you. Um, if you have questions or things you don't understand, I highly encourage those. But um, I'm not doing this for free for you guys to try to correct me or be trolls. So just consider that, consider that a warning. Yeah, for sure. All right. Hey, it's okay, you know, because people get jealous, things like that happen, you know. So we will bounce to the next one for the New Mexico Army National Guard. And this was that storefront one for advertising services that I thought was, you know, interesting. It's unique. It's not something we see all of the time. Another total small business set aside. This is in Albuquerque, New Mexico. They're telling us CLIN 1 for just straight up for signage. <clears throat> they want this beginning or done or worked on um, no later than 14 days from the date of award. They are telling us evaluation. So they don't always post the description requirements um, in the actual SAM.gov listing page. But when they do, just for the sake of you know easier reading, we like to um, spend a few minutes on that. Uh, because again, 
we want to get the most important information first so that we can either say, you know what, you know, I have reason to believe this is worth looking on, or you know what, I found a red flag. We're just going to throw this away and we're going to move on to the next one. You know, it's, you know, I like to say it's, it's guilty until proven innocent. I look for reasons to move on from a bid. So they're telling us this is LPTA. So we learned that right away without even getting into the solicitation document. This is an all or none award, which means that uh, you don't get, you know, and you don't ever get to do this with any bid, but they're just being forward by saying uh, you don't just get to part of the job. You have to quote the entire job. Registered in SAM, uh, wide area workflow, of course. So now they're giving us for this one a questions due date, uh, due August 26th. And then bids are due September 1st. I think we skipped over that originally. Let's. Yeah, no, it's actually updated. So September 1st is the updated date. Okay, so in terms of documents, we have uh, questions that looks like they were already asked and posted publicly. So that can be a wealth of knowledge. Always go to questions and responses when you can uh, see them. Uh, wage termination, they're giving us a QASP and then a PWS. So I do not see a formal solicitation uh, document on this. I mean, it very much seems like it would be an RFQ with just one pricing CLIN. So it's really going to be important to read through the statement of work to find out what are the exact, you know, what is it exactly that they are, you know, looking for for this, you know, signage, storefront advertising services, which seems a little bit unique, right? Is this advertising for the Army National Guard? And this is like a, like a recruitment center. You know, we all see those in plazas, you know, from time and time again. So is that type of advertising? We're not 100% sure. I think it's a big possibility because what else would it be? So we're starting to put together, you know, this, this puzzle. So like I said, we'll jump into the statement of work. And then after that, we will go over to the, the Q&A because I think that's going to be pretty good as well. So they're highlighting for us, telling us this is important. So the vendors shall provide New Mexico Army National Guard with advertising services at the Andalusia storefront located in Albuquerque, New Mexico. All right. Advertisements will be strategically placed to effectively target the recruiting demo of 17 to 35 year olds. So it does sound like that's what this is looking like. Uh, the advertisements will also target centers of influence for these viewers like their parents and their families. Um, just sounds a little funny the way that they're wording that, but it is what it is. So they want you to manufacture a single-faced sign that is three feet high by 14 feet wide. And it looks like they wanted to read, in quotation, New Mexico Army National Guard. They're giving you the, um, I'm thinking this, this is either the channel, they're saying channel logo 7328, um, white plastic face with, I guess one, yeah, one inch golden yellow trim cap and five inch deep pre-finished bronze fluoropon aluminum returns. All right, so these are the specs for the signage store that you would be working with, and they are going to understand this. Um, and if they have questions, they can ask you, and then you go back and ask the government. Questions have already been asked, so like I said, we will also check those out. 
illuminative decorative background. Okay, so you guys get the point, some specs here for the actual signage. The government is asking for the delivery of a sign for this, for their recruiting center. So ensure the signage is delivered and installed on time. Serve as the first response provider to service calls, reports and tracks service calls, provides equipment status, info to the National Guard staff is required, performs local preventative maintenance as needed. So they're talking about service calls, preventative maintenance, things like that as related to the installation of the sign itself. So they're giving us the exact address here. Oops. Didn't mean to click on that. Vendor shall provide proof of performance by submitting photos of advertisements by email. <clears throat> Are they talking about for our bid? Are they talking about examples of past contracts, past performance? They, they may be. The location of it in here is a little bit strange. The contractor shall report all contractor labor hours including subcontractor labor hours. So they're already telling you this, you know, we know you may be working with a sign company as a sub to do this. So they want you to report all those hours. And there's going to get a site for you to input that. Government's roles and responsibilities. Again, this is talking about this photographs monthly thing again, which is, you know, this is a more of a deliverable. But since we do not have a full blown solicitation, I would, do we have pricing cleanse? I forget. We don't because we don't have a solicitation. So the format for this the government is really not giving you anything in terms of formatting on how to respond to this again reading back through that evaluation in the body it's lowest price then they're saying all or none award okay quote must be good for 30 days register to sam and then uh you must be able to uh, register an invoice in, in WAF. So let's just go ahead and check out the questions because I'm dying to get to those before I make any final judgments on this. So kind of a funny question, right? Question number one, is this a brand new contract or is this an incumbent? I'm not really sure how there would be an incumbent because this is kind of like a one-off thing. And the government is just clarifying. Nope, no incumbent. Number two, are there companies from outside USA can apply for this, like from India or Canada. The government says no. Number three, whether we need to come over there for meetings. It looks like these questions, it's just a cute little learning point for you guys watching. You could tell that these questions were asked by the same company. Again, going back to assumptions, right? Uh, I think it's a very fair assumption that Question two and question three minimum came from the same company and maybe more than that, because question four is a re repeat. Can we perform the tasks outside the USA, like from India or Canada? Same as question two. This gives you a little bit of a gauge of the competition. Um, Q&As are always great for that. Number one, looking at the volume of questions can definitely be somewhat of an indication 
of the number of bidders that are interested. Okay. Um, looking at these questions, it looks like it's one company that's asked the questions now, totally. And of course, there are going to be outside bidders. We don't know how many, this is going to be a very small contract. Um, my guess is, you know, under 50,000, of course, uh, maybe between 10 and 20 K I'm not sure. I really don't know. I don't have a, a quote or a cost to go off of, but this is going to be very small, which is also going to turn off a lot of bidders. So when you're reading into where your competition is on that, you can use Q and A's if they are posted to kind of try to read between the lines. Again, we are putting together a puzzle. We do have to make assumptions. So we're putting the pieces where we think they go. Okay. Cause there's no way of knowing hundred percent until you win the bid or unless you're the incumbent, then you do know everything. They are repeating here. Can we submit the proposals via email? Government says, this is probably the last thing I'll spend on this bit, guys, until I bounce to the next one. Vendors shall provide proof of performance by submitting photos of advertisements by email. So the way that I read this and my overall take from this, because we don't have a formal solicitation doc, we don't have pricing cleanse, we don't have the government asking us for really anything except for providing proof of performance by submitting photos. What I would recommend you do if you want to respond to this is do a cover page, do a cover letter, okay? Then include photos of you or your sub of signs that were similar in nature and then do a pricing table, you know, like in a Word doc, um, with your pricing and it's probably just going to be like one price just one pricing clin one row okay um and that's going to be your all-in cost for everything whether it's travel etc etc they said they wanted all that rolled up so it's just going to be one number basically for this job so again proposal response looks like for this since they've given us nothing and they've only asked one thing cover letter or, i'm sorry cover page first cover letter bounce back here then photos, because they are asking for proof of performance from you or your sub, probably the sub, i.e. the sign shop. And then lastly, I would give them a pricing table that is inclusive pretty much of everything that they're asking for. And that's what you would email off to the government. If you had any other questions, you could ask contracting about, you know, what should we include in this? Let's just double check. I mean... Yeah, we have a cost and we have a wage termination. So we don't even have reps and certs to fill out. We don't have an SF-1449 form or a standard form 18 form. We don't have anything to fill out. Like I said earlier, we don't go hunting for forms. We fill them out as they're provided. And so, yeah, that's kind of what moving forward on this one would look like. It's pretty straightforward. It is pretty small just by my, um, my spidey sense a little bit and by what they've given us. All right. So what's going on in the chat? Um, we appreciate your help and dedication. Thank you, Derek. Hey, absolutely, JStorm. Uh, appreciate it. Derek, will you be doing a RFQ uh, for us? So this would, uh, Vitality and Rehab, um, assuming you meant RFQ, this would be an example of like an RFQ. Um, RFQs are primarily heavy, heavy emphasis on pricing, some cases price only. In this case, it would be photos plus price. But um, one of the other bids that we have very well likely be a, an RFQ. Dr. Virginia, uh, Dr. Virginia uh, thanks for always providing such good teaching and value to all of us. Hey, appreciate you. Thank you for saying that. 
Um, RF2 class two residential facility. I'm not sure. I'm not to be honest with you, I'm not familiar with RF2 and, and um, the context of the question. Um, if there's something more specific you'd like to ask, I will try to answer it. And um, whale looks like whale flower, very helpful. I'm just getting started and we'll subscribe to your site. Thanks for everything. Absolutely. Uh, I appreciate the sub. And guys, um, if you are not subscribed to the channel um, and you don't want to miss live trainings like this, not planning to stop anytime soon. So like they would usually say, subscribe and hit the bell. Well, I actually mean it only for the utility of you getting like notified on your phone where it should pop up and say, we're going live. Um, so if, if you just want to be automatically updated, um, hitting the notification bell would actually you know help you out in this case rather than something like spammy people say without meaning it. Um, but, but yeah. And if you guys are liking this, um, you know, feel free to smash the like button on the, the video if you want to show some love. So moving on to our next contract, this is lawn, uh, lawn and grounds maintenance at Fort Leonard Wood. So this is going to be army. This is due September 8th, small business set aside. Landscaping NAICS code place performance is Fort Leonard Wood. Now, I don't know how you guys are doing with the rain this week, but uh, man, we are just getting hammered for the last couple of days. So not much again in the, the description, not like the last one. Here we have, we do have a solicitation document. Number one, number two, we do have a statement of work and number three, we have maybe an amendment, but we'll check that out. So we'll start with the solicitation doc on this one. All right, so we're hit with that SF1449 form. And guys, if you don't know, um, to fill this out, I know it's very overwhelming, but if you're new, this is probably the most common form you would ever see in professional services on SAM. Um, you wanna print, sign, and date. So these boxes down here, 30A, 30B, and 30C, print, sign, and date. And then uh, box up here, 17A, you can just put your name, address, and your phone number. Everything else contracting takes care of on this page. But then another little, um, it's not hidden, but most people don't know it. Uh, they will put the set aside on here. So they check the small business box here, and that matches up with the actual what they write in here, original set aside, oops, right here. So that's how you can verify it because, you know, maybe 5% of the time contracting checks a different box or they say a different thing. And then there's a mismatch between what's written here and what's checked in this little box here. Just know this is the contract. So whatever's checked on the contract is really what is going to be the trump card but I don't want you to just rely on that. If you do see that, I do want you to send an email to contracting saying, hey, there appears to be a mismatch. What is the set aside intended for this procurement? Um, if, for example, it said woman-owned small business and over here it's just saying small business only, you want to know. So we're hit immediately with our instruction to offerers. So we will... We will just take it as it comes. We know this is... Again, lawn and grounds maintenance, Fort Leonard Wood. So they are saying they're going to issue a single award, base plus four, 
Lots of base plus fours. Site visit is highly encouraged. And you can call Mr. David J. West to set that up. But they are saying, um, or to coordinate it rather, because it does look like they do have, they don't always have dates that are predetermined, but on the 29th and the 30th, they do have a 10 a.m. and a 1 p.m. You can hit either one of those. And then you call, um, they may ask you to submit like background information if you need to get on the, the base, things like that. Also, if you're gonna have your subs joining, you'd also wanna do that same process. So quotes are due. So this is um, yeah, completing block eight. Fill out the pricing cleanse. Sign the SF1449 form. So all we're really seeing is the quote itself, insurance requirements. Okay, and then here's the pricing cleanse because we hadn't seen those yet. So I'm like, what pricing cleanse are you referring to government? So these are the pricing cleanse. There's a base plus four. So we're gonna see 0001 for the base, but then it kicks over to 1001 for the option and then 2001 for the second option here. And that's how you um, can read those and know that you're reading them properly. Now it is interesting that I'm seeing a quantity of 15. So that means uh, more than one per month, which is which is totally fine. Um, they're calling it lawn maintenance. We'll read more specifically what that means to them. That is a case where you don't want to make assumptions. You want to read until you can't read anymore. They want the work to start uh, the 20th of September. So a month from now. Reps inserts, they did provide those. So we can fill those out by checking these little boxes here. You are or are not presently disbarred. And if you don't know, you already answered all these questions when you registered in SAM. So you can also print all these pre-filled um, reps inserts if you don't want to fill them out all over again with every bid. Uh, you can print those from your FAR and DFARS report if you log into SAM, update entity, and then you start looking at your SAM entity, uh, the page that you filled out when you originally um, registered and click through the pages until you see the FAR DFAR report and you will be able to print that off directly from, from SAM. All right, site visit, some clauses. And this may be yep, and some anti-terrorism stuff. So that's it for the actual solicitation doc. Not again, not appearing that there's any lengthy proposal or a specific proposal being requested of this other than these pricing claims. Now I do want to know what the government means by lawn maintenance. And that's, that's why we rely on our PWS also known as a statement of work or performance of work statement. And this gives us those deep, you know, those nitty gritty details that you may rely on to more accurately quote the job or have your subs more accurately quote the job. We can give them a sanitized version of the PWS. So that way they're quoting exactly what the government's expecting you to quote.
So yeah, I'm looking for specific tasks and that's what we're finding. Lawn maintenance, one, two, three, and four. Number one, conduct a preliminary survey of the area and remove debris. So if any of you have cut the lawn before, there's a bunch of branches. You wanna go pick those up so that you don't beat the heck out of your machines. So that's number one. Number two, mow and trim the grass to a height of two to four inches. Grass mowing should be accomplished in a manner that is uh, free of scalping, rutting and bruising, uneven or rough cutting to promote the proper growth and a neat appearance. So don't cut it too short because you're gonna mess with the, the terrain. Number three, weed whacking and trimming, okay? Around poles, fences and driveways. And then number four, blow free debris and clippings from the walkways, driveways and parking areas. So basically guys, scope out your job do the job, also weed whack, and then blow all the debris and grass from the walking areas and things like that. Pretty much how you would do a typical lawn maintenance contract. Always interested to hear what the government thinks of it. So that's what you would be quoting times 15 per year. Minimize that. Coming back to our pricing cleanse here. For base plus four years, that you're gonna have all just one price for everything. Okay. So the 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 scouting the area, the mowing, the trimming, and then the the blowing. And they want 15 of those a year times four years. So pretty straightforward job. Wouldn't be too difficult to have a subcontractor uh, give you a number on that. I wouldn't think, as long as they're interested in the job. in terms of other attachments, we just have, oh yeah, let's just double check and make sure this is uh, an amendment or not. It is not, it is a wage termination. So there's no amendments or changes made to this. So extremely straightforward for this one. And again, small business set aside. So even if you wanted to use, you know, a grounds lawn maintenance landscaping company to do this, that is local to Fort Leonard Wood. Um, they would be considered a similar situated entity and you could rely on them to do any percentage of the work that you would like them to do. All right, so we'll go ahead and close this one out. And we have one more after this, so we'll check the chat really quickly. Please do not stop doing what you're doing. Hey, I, I love it and um, I definitely get a kick out of it. And I love the sense of community, which is why I prefer to do the lives, um, as long as they're still fun and enjoyable for me to continue doing. And it makes sense in terms of a time standpoint, um, then we will keep doing that. And I appreciate that. So thank you very much. Um, I will give you guys a just a quick shout out, and then we will do one um, final solicitation. We may finish a few minutes early today, but if anybody is looking for additional support, that is basically what allows me to do these free live trainings. Um, my website's govkidmethod.com. I have a free training there. I have a couple of resources, including our bidding bundle, which I highly, highly recommend um, if you are looking to invest in your business. And then if you're just looking to kind of, you know, go all in and you want direct coaching um, with me over Zoom, where I can actually look at bids with you, um, as well as your proposal response, make sure you're doing everything properly. Um, that's just a chunk of what we accomplish in the coaching. 
as long along with our bid training program. And we do have some community stuff involved in there as well. So just want to let you know, this is what is allowing me to um, basically build my business up and allowing me to create these, these free trainings. But if anybody's looking for additional stuff um, besides the YouTube channel, uh, just don't forget, we do have govkidmethod.com where we have a number of resources that fit um, pretty much anybody from anybody's walks of life, where you're coming from. And um, in terms of, you know, how far you're wanting to take things and how involved you're looking to get, we have a couple of different options there for you as well. And I will just, if you don't know how to spell it, um, govkidmethod.com. And we will move on to the uh, the final bid review for today. Hey, what's up, Goldpipe? Good to see you, my man. As always, thanks for hanging out. I see your I see your question, um, Goldpipe. What stopped you from? Doing the non-manufacturer supply requirements that are small business. I'm not sure exactly what you mean. Um, if you're talking about the non-manufacturer rule, um, if that question was for me, if you if you want to expand, um, and then I'll, I'll try and answer that after this final uh, bid. So digital asset management services for the DOA, Department of Agriculture, due in a week, August 29th, small business set aside again. We have an IT NAICS code on this. Go figure. We have a little bit of a description, so we'll see how helpful it is to finding what we're looking for. Not very helpful. So we will rely on, looks like just surprisingly, one attachment only, just a straight RFQ doc. So we may, let me see, let me close this other one out. We may be asking contracting some questions on this, depending on what they give us. But luckily we do have our solicitation. We see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And so it looks like there's 10 line items just for the base year. And then we have some option years after that. So this is very gonna be very informative to us reading through the pricing cleanse. So we'll just kind of take it off off the top here, provide digital asset management services. Covering one terabyte of storage for the base year. And, and so if we don't know what digital asset management services are, we would have to read a little bit more into that. It looks like these additional cleanse are just adding a terabyte. Every single one of these is, is adding a terabyte. Yep. So if you guys can see that, it looks like they're just doing that one through 10. So we don't know how much storage we're going to need. So they're, they're allowing you to essentially price for one year for each of these. So kind of interesting and unique. And then we have an option year, same stuff. I'm imagining, yeah, they're gonna go all the way up to 10 again, aren't they? Yep. So option year one, option year two. So lots of pricing cleanse to fill out. Option year three.
option year four. So base plus four. So they are giving us this pricing table. What did they say? And it does appear this table is what they would be wanting filled out. It's going to be extremely redundant if you have to fill out the pricing cleanse and the pricing table because it's so many pages. It wouldn't be a bad question to ask if they have a, a preference. So we are getting in the scope of work. So yeah, we'll see what, what type of tasks. So, so the dams, meaning the digital asset management, uh, must be accessible through standard web browsers. The dams will be managed by up to 10 editors. The dams must be able to accommodate multiple file types. Prior, priority will be given to dams that can integrate directly with Adobe. So it almost sounds like they're wanting you to create a dams system. I'm not 100% sure. And to be fair, I'm not an IT guy. Uh, the dams must be able to handle file sizes exceeding 2 gig. And just doing a, if you don't know what this is, uh, doing a quick Google search possibly yield you um, more working knowledge of, of what this could actually look like to put this this puzzle together. So key contractor personnel um, and no travel, by the way, but a sole customer service rep or technical assistance rep that is familiar with Adobe Creative Suite is preferred, but a group help desk that is similar is also acceptable. Okay, so we have some clauses and reps inserts. Instruction to offer. So fill out the SF1449 form. Acknowledge amendments if there are any. It appears that is another quote only. Unless I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe getting ahead of myself. So to assure, let's see. Offer are required to meet all solicitation requirements, including terms and conditions, reps and certs, and technical recs. Non-conformance means you will be rated unfavorably. So they're saying number one, the proposal shall be clear, concise, and shall include sufficient detail for effective evaluation. The proposal shall not simply rephrase or restate the government's requirement, but provide their own facts and convincing rationale. So don't just like copy and paste and parrot back quote unquote is what they say in the space, the PWS, they want to know how you're going to do it. Like, it's great that you're acknowledging it, but then what is going to be your spin? That's what they're going to be looking for. Offer shall assume the government has no prior knowledge of their experience and technical capabilities. So take it, take it from the top. The government will only base its evaluation on the information presented. So they're not going to assume that just because you're such and such company that this is something you can do. You need to spell it out for them. Number two, offer shall prepare the proposal as set forth in the instructions below. The required proposal volumes, titles, and contents are defined in paragraph L below. So we didn't get to it yet. So, so and if you don't know, you know, section... Um, L is typically instruction to offers. Section L means what you put in your proposal. And then section M 
is evaluation factors, meaning how the winning bidder will be chosen. They don't always reference L and M, but when they do, that's what they mean. No site visit. Questions are due tomorrow. They want this, it appears to be broken down into volumes. Volumes one, two, and three. Volume one being executive summary. So these would literally either be volume one, two, and three within the same proposal doc or three different documents. And it's going to depend on how they they are going to, you know, you know their, their sole selection board and the people behind in the room that are going to be grading this. Um, sometimes they have to look at things without looking at the other areas. And that could be the reason why they would want them separated. They're literally giving you tabs though, tabs one through seven for volume one. So these would be totally separate since they are breaking it out by tabs. Volume two, we have uh, one tab and then volume three, we have one tab for the SF1449 form and amendments. So although it may seem a little bit of complex, it is very straightforward. It will be some work for sure. but it could also be a very good contract for you. They're talking about 8A certification, but they're saying only if applicable. And just a reminder, this is not 8A set aside. This is small business set aside. So they're just saying, hey, in case, you know, working with you would help us meet our 8A goals, because they do have goals that they have to meet. They would like to note that. And of course, it kind of goes without saying, guys, Anytime you have set-asides, you, you definitely want to let contracting know that they have that because they do have goals or, or rather the, the small business office has small business goals for woman-owned and veteran and 8A and hub zone. So should go without saying. So now coming down to basis for award, there's going to be whatever's most advantageous, but they're saying the lowest price technically acceptable in the source selection process will be utilized. Okay. So really the best anchor I could give you for that is even though it's the lowest price, too many forget about this technically acceptable piece. If you're not technically acceptable first, your price is not even going to be evaluated. So instead of lowest price, technically acceptable, it's really technically acceptable, lowest price. It's really how you should put your response together. So you still want to do a good job at giving contracting everything that they want, especially following the volume breakdowns and giving them what they want in each of these tabs that we saw up here. And these are all going to be boxes that you check, kind of like pass, fail. And then if you do pass, then, okay, the, the price is going to be considered. But they're also going to be looking for price reasonableness, price reasonableness, um, and if you're just an insane outlier, that's why the government's saying still what's most advantageous to the government. If you propose a dollar just because you're the lowest price, they're still going to have a problem for that. So that's how you're you're wanting to interpret that from experience. Evaluation methodology. Factor one, technical proposal. Subfactor one, technical capability. Okay, so acceptable, unacceptable, pass, fail. feel like we're missing something here. So factor one, and then 
I'm missing something. The way they have this laid out is a little factor one, technical proposal, volume two. But factor one. And then factor three. Where is factor two? Unless I'm going a little crazy here, factor, <laughs> factor one. with subfactor one and then factor three. So again, what was, what was factor two? Yeah. And they're using volumes one, two, and three, which is another thing to not forget. It's a little, it's presented a little strange here. Um, it would make a lot more sense to me if they just go volume one, volume two, and then get into their subfactors, and then volume three, whatever they want. There is no made mention or mention made to factors. We only have volumes and subfactors. So me as a bidder, that's kind of extremely confusing. And I could just be missing something. Um, this is high level review right now, but I'm not seeing it. So that would be a question to me. And again, guys, I don't look at these ahead of time. Okay. I don't bring you bids that are, that are already figured out. Okay. I try to figure them out with you. And when something doesn't make sense to me, or I have questions, I tell you, Hey, this doesn't make sense. Or this is what I would ask the government. It's just my way of trying to be transparent and keep it, keep it real with you as much as possible. Um, Yeah, I know this is about the evaluation, which is why it's not totally lining up, but but still, it's a little hard to follow. All right, and do we have any other documents? Nope, we just have that one. So I would have some clarifications around that. And again, um, that's digital asset management, and that actually is in uh, DC. So uh, place performance is DC. All right, so good stuff. All right. Let's check the, the chat. I so you guys are going back and forth, so I'm not gonna respond to every single thing. I'll just try and go and find questions. Um, looks like Dr. Virginia. Can you explain how to locate subs? There are um, places like Subnet. You can try to find places online for subcontractors. To my knowledge, is not anything great. Okay, the SBA I think also has a few resources that tries to tie you in. I always say, if anybody wants to create that Angie's list that matches subs with primes, you know, it would be a billion dollar uh, thing because it is missing. So for now, we use Google Maps and we call and we let them know if there's a site visit we ask them if they've ever done government work um yeah we kind of get the ball rolling that way uh gold pipe says i know you mostly go over uh, service requirements but is there value on doing supply contracts in my mind and i know you're super not super fond of those um there could be definitely there definitely could be value uh I know a lot of times it's unison and, and, you know, race to the bottom pricing. 
but I certainly don't mind doing them. Um, you're correct. I do primarily put emphasis on the service because I, I think that's what's usually best for, for most, but um, I'm not, I'm not against it. Yeah, um, I see the question about the uh, the physical the physical address, and yeah, you can you can use a house. Um, it's just when the when they go to verify it, they can have difficulty verifying it, and that would get you stuck in the SAM process, and that's why sometimes virtual offices can be problematic. All right, just checking for questions here. Yeah, yeah, you're saying, um, Sammy about me to update my address, couldn't approve based on using an agent address. Got it. I, to be honest, I have known people to do virtual addresses. Um, I just don't know how it, they, they get around the the physical address piece. I have never registered a physical or a not a physical, um, a virtual office myself. But that, to my knowledge, that's where everybody gets stuck. So I'm not sure. Um, Freddie says, uh, "Is your course courses one on one?" Um, so I do, I do coaching and we, we don't do any one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, coaching is in a small group setting. That way everybody can um, get the benefit from everybody else. Um, I will just be a testament to tell you that when somebody else comes in the, in, in the coaching program and you see them winning, it is a huge motivator for you to kind of get your button gear. Um, especially if you see them come in like after you. So we keep things pretty intimate, like five to 10, you know, around there, like at a time, we definitely keep everything proprietary, proprietary. So we don't, you know, um, put like somebody's proposal, like on the live screen for everybody to see, unless that's something they're okay doing. Um, stuff just gets sent to me privately. And so that way, uh, you can still get the benefit of one-on-one -on -one with me, but then others can also benefit from the additional coaching and like, Hey, I didn't think to ask that question and things like that. So that's how I run my, my coaching program. And, um, we have almost 70 in there and nobody has any issues with it. So I, I a lot of people say, I need one-on-one, -on -one. I need one-on-one. -on -one. No, you don't. Um, it's going to tell you, you don't need it. Anything you think you need one-on-one, -on -one, you could get in this type of structure. Um, and 70, 70 small businesses can't be wrong. So, um, that's the short answer for that one. All right, guys. Well, uh, that's all we have for bids. If you liked this, let me know in the comments or smash the like button. If you're new, you're kind of checking this out for the first time, um, you like this stuff, consider subscribing and click that notification bell, like I said earlier, so that it shows up on your phone when I go live next so that you don't miss the next training. And um, yeah, we we go through live bids and we, we answer questions here to um, not only get you information, but I'm, I'm trying to show you good practices so you, it, with government contracting and using SAM, you definitely have to learn to walk before you run. And so much of bidding or going after proposals and responding to bids is truly just 
learning to correctly read through a requirement, correctly decipher it, know what to do when you get stuck and um, you know how to put the puzzle together. Because once you have that, you know, I say you're, you're halfway home already, then you have the information you need to put together the bid or the proposal or the pricing, or you, again, you know what to do if you are stuck, but you need to keep moving forward. That's what we try to accomplish in these trainings. And um, hopefully uh, that's what you guys are getting out of it. So we'll go ahead and conclude it for here. Again, if you're looking for additional resources, check out my website, uh, govkidmethod.com. That's what allows me to do this. And we will probably um, Wednesday or Thursday this week in a few days, we will be back. So awesome session, guys. And I will see you all then. Take care.